Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. What if there was a book where you could take Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all the stories about Jesus, and put them in chronological order? Well, Rod Laughlin has done that. It's called The Anointed One, and he is an author, and he's here to explain how you can get his book. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have an interview with Rod Laughlin. He is an author, he's a returning guest, and he has written a new book, The Anointed One. I wanna welcome him from Kansas City via Skype, Rod Laughlin. How are you today, sir? Fine, Dr. Chaps, it's wonderful to be with you today. Yeah, you too, thank you. Um, so, you're a Christian author and uh, a a seasoned citizen, off the air you told me, although you're 80 years old, you just climbed a 14er in Colorado. Was it Pikes Peak or some other one? Uh, Mount Democrat, which I recommend nobody climb. It has a terrible rock field. <laughs> I can't Very believe difficult. it. So you're an adventurer and uh, you're fit and handsome. Hold up that book and tell us why you wrote this. Okay, when I translated the four gospels, for the readable Bible, um, I had the question that I think most Christians have when they read the Gospels, and that is, can I take every word of this and make one story? Does this really all fit together? And that was an intellectual challenge for me, and I was not satisfied to simply pick up some writing of some other person who had investigated that because I felt as the lead in the Readable Bible Project and the primary translator and formatter that I should be able to answer that question on my own. So I read through Luke, which most people consider to be chronological. Luke says he put everything down in an orderly fashion. And I took a line in a spreadsheet for every moment in Jesus's life in Luke. And I put in column A, the moment, let's say the baptism of Jesus, and column B, the scripture, let's say it's chapter four, verses one and two. Then I read through Matthew, when I got to the baptism of Jesus, I put down the scripture reference. And if Matthew had an event like John is the only gospel that has the marriage at Cana, um, I would put a new line in. So I ended up discovering the four gospels have 438 moments in Jesus's life. And for each moment, I had the scripture references. So then I would take those scripture references. Uh, let's take the baptism of Jesus. And let's say that, that Luke said that um, had two sentences and Matthew had one and maybe Mark had three. So I'd take those six sentences and I took every noun, adjective, verb, and adverb, and I created two or three sentences so that in the anointed one, you have the baptism of Jesus and all the information from the four gospels. And I worked my way through 
the every event in Jesus's life in the four gospels and created a chronological story. I was, I was curious, does this all this fit together? And I was amazed, 500 and I think about 500,000 words became about 350,000 words. Let's say all three gospels said, and he came out of the water. So that was repeated three times when you count the words for all the gospels, but just once in the anointed one. So the, I found that with 500,000 words turned out to be 350,000, and I only had 20 words that I felt I was really struggling trying to make it fit. Wow, only 20 out of all of that. So uh, let's bring people back to the format of the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, as you know, many of the first three gospels overlap each other. It's, right. it's, it's likely that Matthew and Luke borrowed from Mark, which is the shortest of the gospels, and, and Mark may have been an original source uh, that repeats some of the same par uh, parable language. Like if Jesus taught a parable in Mark, you can find that again in Luke and in Matthew. So there's a lot of overlap there, but John is totally unique. John is a standalone gospel with an, almost no parables and interestingly, no exorcisms. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus is casting out demons. In John, not so much, but he talks a lot instead about discerning of spirits. Uh, how did you, you, you described how you handled the overlap, but what are the, what are the contrasts that you noticed? Um, you know, it really wasn't my, my, um, my purpose to analyze one versus the other and the contrast. I was totally focused on harmonizing and it all coming together as one. The, the um, it's really interesting when you read the individual gospels and you compare them, you see those differences. But frankly, I, I had a whole different purpose. I wanted to know did this all harmonize to one thing and could I get all those events where one gospel writer concentrated on one event and another another event and put it all into one story. So I could personally read Jesus's full life as one story. That was really my goal. And, and instead of finding things about the individual gospel writers, I discovered things about Jesus that were really amazing. Uh, for instance, here, did you know that we know nothing about anything Jesus did after the festival of shelters or the festival of tabernacles, whatever you want to call it? We know nothing he did after that festival until the next Passover for every year of his ministry. Interesting, okay, we need to take a short break. When we come back, how did Rod Laughlin harmonize this with some of the Old Testament verses that are also included? I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, Jesus taught the parable about sowing the seed and you don't want it wasted, you want it to grow with 30, 60, 100 fold for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you three mission areas that we're doing here at Pray In Jesus Name. I think our charity does more with less than any other charity I know. We are fertile seed. For example, number one, we pray in millions of television homes every day or every weekend on eight networks. We have 2.5 billion home TV impressions every month. The second area, we feed orphans and children. 
in some of the poorest slums overseas. We're building a new vocational school, we're digging wells, and we're serving the poor when you give to pray in Jesus' name. Number three, we defend religious freedom, especially for our troops and our chaplains. We've now helped send five million petitions to Congress. We've helped change bad laws or policies in 13 states and four times in federal law. You know my story as a former Navy chaplain, standing up for the right to pray in Jesus' name and defending religious freedom. Would you donate today? In fact, we want you to come up monthly pledge sponsor. When you visit PrayInJesusName.org, on the right side, click the monthly pledge sponsor button at PrayInJesusName.org. Your monthly gift will help change the world in Jesus' name. I'm Dr. Chaps. We want you to sign a petition today to stand with Israel. They are under such attack with Arabs and Muslims killing Jews, but here is the Bible territory that God promised to the Israeli and Jewish people. Even in 1993, in the Oslo Accords, Yasser Arafat agreed, these are the current borders of Israel and it's their land. Let's sign that petition, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, PrayInJesusName.org, sign it today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Rod Laughlin, who has written an important new book, The Anointed One. It's every scripture about Jesus in chronological order. So Rod, uh, let me ask, did, did you start out with like the Christmas story where the nativity, right? Here's Joseph and Mary traveling to Bethlehem and then they're giving birth or did you start when, when Jesus is born? How, how did you add the pre-material? Uh, we start with the, um, the early material with Mary and Elizabeth. We start back there and, and uh, work our way up to the birth. I wanna, I wanna back up a little bit here. I didn't write this book. This is scripture organized as one. I don't wanna claim to write it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, I don't wanna claim it's scripture because the scripture is for individual gospels and this is one book. But to continue with the birth, when Jesus was born, um, I think I, I have the text over here, I believe. Um, yeah, go Jesus, ahead and read us a sample of that. We'd love to see how you yeah, how I wanna, it reads. I want to read you this little sample here. Here was baby Jesus, about whom later the Apostle Paul wrote, being in the nature of God himself, he did not consider equality with God something to be held on to. Rather, he emptied himself by being made in human likeness and appearing as a man. He humbled himself by taking the form of a servant. And God the Father said, let all my angels worship him. So we brought in what Paul had wrote in Philippians about Jesus, not be, grasping to be with God, to be God himself, but emptied himself. And we brought in a quote from Hebrews, how when Jesus was born on earth, God said, let all the angels worship him. Later the same day, a group of shepherds were in a field and, and we go on. So we bring in the Old Testament scriptures, maybe it's a Micah scripture that's been fulfilled, uh, where it's fulfilled, or Isaiah scripture. And so it's, it's a unified book with everything that's written about Christ in the scriptures. Wow, so you've included other New Testament scriptures like Philippians and Hebrews, 
and combined mm -hmm. it with like Luke chapter two, where it's telling the story of Jesus being birth, born and the shepherds coming together in the manger scene. Um, and it's all harmonized. So you didn't leave anything out. It's like everything you could find in the Bible about the person of Jesus, it's included sequentially using the words of the scriptures themselves. You're not adding your own narrative here. That's fascinating. Well, I've added a little bit of narrative and we don't have absolutely everything written about Jesus. For instance, in Genesis, where it talks about him stepping on the head of the snake. The uh, We have, I'm gonna say a good portion of, of the Old Testament, but we certainly have a, a small portion of it probably. But we have everything written about Jesus in the New Testament. The, the purpose of this became to help bring people to Christ though. I started thinking, I have a relative who is a pagan. She has no interest in Christ, no interest in the Bible. When I sent her a copy of the readable Bible, she said, well, it looks like a wonderful work, but of course I won't read it. No. So, but she has pride in the fact that she's read, I think 43 of the world's 50 great books when you look at those lists. Well, I know she's not going to read the Bible, but even a person who's never read the Bible and won't should know who Jesus is, and they should make an intellectually honest decision about their attitude towards him. By giving this book to a lost person, you can give them that opportunity. They'll read this yesterday, or the day before yesterday on Saturday, our UPS driver came up with a big box for me. I said, Al, this box has 20 books in it. It's a book, I, 20 copies of a book I just wrote. It's a biography of Jesus Christ. Do you know anything about Jesus Christ? And he said, no. And I said, would you like to read this? And he looks at me and says, it's not a Bible, is it? And I said, no, it's just a biography of Jesus Christ. It reads just like Carl Sandburg's biography of Lincoln. He said, I'd love to read it. So that's what's happening today. People don't want to read the Bible with the with the anointed one, when you open it up, it looks just like any other book. There are no scripture scripture references, it's just text. And it, it has 13 chapters, which is a normal number of chapters in a book. It's about 260 pages, a normal number of pages. It's a, it's a hardback book. It looks like any other uh, normal hardback book. So it makes a very nice gift. In the introduction, it tells you that it's fully about the life of Jesus Christ, and this book gives you an opportunity to know all about him. But in the back, afterwards, after the resurrection, we have an invitation page, an opportunity to respond, where we invite people who find themselves believing to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. But it's, it's not in your face. It's very honest. It says, you know, your friend that gave you this book, found Christ meaningful to them, if you do, and we go on to explain how to put your faith in Christ. Wow, so that is really uh, user-friendly. I'm looking for the right word there, but even secular unbelievers, uh, they might find this fascinating because as you said, as the most influential person in world history, Jesus Christ right. is a real person that people ought to know about. Even if right. they don't worship him or follow him like we do, they should have an intellectual curiosity if they're honest without a bias. And here's a way to be introduced to the source material about his life in a non-threatening format. 
I'm so happy with the work you've done, Rob. Uh, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll talk about the other Bible that Rod has written. This is PIJN News. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98. Or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. My Towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made My Towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of My Towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com I'm excited to announce that we're bringing back our best offer ever on our original My Slippers. You save $90 a pair with your promo code. And now My Slippers come in even more sizes. Smaller sizes, larger sizes, wide sizes, and all new styles and colors. Get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you're not going to find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help relieve stress on your feet. I'm so confident that you and everyone you know are going to love My Slippers that I'm extending my 60-day money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024, making them the best Christmas gifts ever. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code to save $90. That's only $49.98 a pair. Quantities won't last long, so please order now. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by author Rod Laughlin, who has written uh, several books, but the two that we're talking about today, The Anointed One, and you can find it at theanointedonebook.com. Uh, Rob, hold that up, and, and you had a, a thought that you wanted to talk about the, the Sermon on the Mount. How did you handle that? Well, lost people, people who are not believers in Christ, are not interested in the Scripture, and they're not interested in sermons. So we took the Sermon on the Mount 
and we made it a dialogue. Uh, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt becomes tasteless, how can it become salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. So Matthew asks, so now we're to be a preservative and flavor enhancer? The others laughed. So we inserted that. Then Jesus smiled and he says, yes, and that's not all. You are the light of the world. And he talks about that. And right after he finishes that, we have, I'd never seen myself as light, said Andrew, but I do my best to follow the law of Moses. How does all you're saying relate to the law? Jesus responded, I didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. So we make the book attractive for a secular person. It holds their interest as they're reading it, just like any other secular book. And that, that's, we really hope people will give this as a gift. Yeah, it reads Read it like a dialogue and, and it makes a wonderful Christmas gift. Listen, especially at Christmas, right? What better gift could you give to anybody but the biography of Jesus who is like the reason we celebrate Christmas? Yes, and for Christians you discover things that, that you just never realized before. It's very, very interesting. I like it, theanointedonebook.com. Uh, do you wanna explain now the other book you wrote there? Sure, we'll bring that up. Uh, this is the readable Bible. This is the Bible, the way the Bible would have appeared if Moses and Joshua and Paul were sitting at a computer when God spoke to them. Uh, my best way of, of explaining it is that it's the Bible in modern formats. We have 23 kinds of information in scripture, and we normally present those 23 kinds of information in 17 different formats. The readable Bible uses all those formats. For instance, if I wanted you to make a desk for me like the one I'm sitting at, I wouldn't write a paragraph about it. I would write a specification document. And at the top of the specifications document, I would have a uh, sketch of the desk and it would say width, height, and length. I'm trying to see if I can bring up the, uh, the tabernacle specifications here. So the tabernacle specifications are all engineering specification documents, but every word of the Hebrew text is expressed in them. The genealogies are all formed as genealogical tables. So you see relationships between people that you never can see when you're just reading paragraphs. The book of Leviticus is structured like a law book, Roman numeral number one, two, and three, letter A, B, and C. And so it's it's the exact same reading that you're going to have, almost like exactly like the NASB. We're very literal, uh, but it's, the organization makes it such when, as when your eye hits the page, you see the structure of the information. So as you're reading the words, it's much easier to comprehend. When you're reading the New Testament, the theological text is all in cascading text. So when your eye hits the page, you see immediately, oh, there's three main ideas here and, and two sub ideas on the first main idea. So again, as you read the text, you, you understand it much more quickly. I like that. Now, I spend a lot of time like reading the internet and every like Washington Post story has kind of indentations and paragraph markers and bold headings and topical, you can, just the way my, my brain is trained to read news today, 
it's all very organized and beautiful, or if it's not, then I skip that and I go to a different website because I can't understand it. But you've made the Bible like that, where it's very methodical, you know, bold headings and indentations and tables and diagrams and, and measurements and, t uh, you know, everything is the way that my brain can ingest it to see the whole picture, even though it's word for word a translation of the Bible. You haven't added or deleted anything, but you've organized it in such a way where my mind can ingest it better. So we prepared the readable Bible the same way you prepare a website. We took each two-page spread and we looked at it and said, if this were on the web, how would we have this formatted? We work so that at the end of every page, you have the completion of the paragraph. You're not turning the page to complete a paragraph. We've, you have to have that sum in the Bible, but we've minimized that. And we've constantly looked at what is the visual impact on a person. So for instance, in Nehemiah, where he re rebuilds the wall, on the left-hand panel, you see the wall and each location on it. And in the right-hand panel, you see the text talking about what was done to rebuild each location on the wall. I love the, the simplicity, and yet it's a complex thing for you as you know, an assembler, an editor, let's say, uh, of all this material that you've reformatted, but it's so simple for the reader, and it really enhances our understanding because it's digestible and it's very practical. Um, is it a word-for-word -word translation or paragraphs or ideas, or how, how faithful were you to the original Greek? We worked as hard as we could to have a very literal translation. We say the readable Bible is a literal translation. Um, we do sometimes go to a thought for thought translation, but every time we do that, we put the literal translation in a footnote on the page. So you always have the literal words right in front of you. It's a literal translation that is as easy to read as a paraphrase. I like that, okay. We have just a minute left, Rod. Would you lead our audience in a word of prayer and uh, give us your Christmas greetings? I will. Father, we, we are so pleased to know you. And Lord, we want our friends, we want our neighbors, we want our business associates, we want the waiters and waitresses in the restaurants, all the people around us to know you, Father, to know the joy of following you. We want Christ to have his kingdom grow on earth, especially here in our country today. And we ask you, Lord, to use us to spread the gospel. I pray, Lord, that many of the people who are listening to us, that everyone would buy a copy of the Anointed One for a lost friend or neighbor or relative. And that, Lord, you would use your words in this book to bring people to faith in Jesus Christ. And we thank you now for the Christmas, this glorious event that's coming up in Jesus' name. And Merry Christmas, everybody. And it's, if you're seeing this after Christmas, Happy New Year. Amen to that. Okay, our guest has been Rod Laughlin, theanointedonebook.com to get his latest. Our website is prayinjesusname.org. Please designate your end of year giving uh, before December 31st. Just put a postmark and send it to P.O. Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80970, you'll get a tax receipt and it'll be credited in this tax year if you give, we're about to show that address at the end of the show. Uh, God bless you in Jesus' name. If you need prayer, call us at 866-Obey-God 
or you can give online through PrayInJesusName.org. We'll see you next time. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.